Now, this week, we saw the announcement of the metric results. And of course, it's always quite an interesting moment, huge celebrations, moments of joy for the students who do well, especially the top achievers in the province, in the school, in the country. But it can also be a very difficult time for the students who don't do well, because of course, uh, even though we were saying this, well, last year's metric class is the class that achieved the highest metric pass rate in history, they would have had classmates that didn't pass or didn't do as well. And there's often a discussion about, well, just how much do metric results matter in the long run? And so that's what we're looking at today. Joined on the line, as always, by our resident human potential and parenting expert, Nikki Bush. Nikki, a very good morning to you. As always, great to have you on the show. Thanks, Gokes. Great to be with you. So there's always quite an interesting debate around metric results. On one hand, there's, you know, young people should do as best as they can in their metric results because we often see how really good metric results can set you up. They can give you access to university if you achieve a bachelor's pass or really good marks. Some people say, well, I didn't do well in metric, but I ended up being able to have a pretty good career and life afterwards so just how do we frame metric results um do they matter because of course you know that it marks the end of your schooling career but they don't necessarily define who you are that's correct so let's get some perspective this morning whether your child nailed it or whether they didn't nail it metric results don't define who you are or what job you will ultimately do or how successful you will be, but they do determine the very next choice that you make and the direction of your first year of adult life. So really they are the stepping stone to what next. And either your matric results are a door opener or for some learners, they need to build their own door. Mm -hmm. And I've been in both camps as a mum. So you've been a metric mom twice now. I have. Mm -hmm. And I have had a child who nailed it. Mm. And I have a child who didn't nail it. Yeah. Literally by comma 5% didn't make it. Yeah. In one particular subject. Um, so, so access to the particular course. I mean, we re literally, we got our metric results that year, I think around the 27th or 28th of December. And we were sitting there at midnight waiting for the results. We got them and I knew, I knew he was out of the course he desperately wanted to do. He was have to gonna, going to have to go for plan B. And literally we went through the next week uh, looking for plan B, plan C, plan D. It's nerve wracking. It's exciting. It's disappointing. But it is a new ending and it and a new beginning, depending, you know, regardless of the results, regardless of the results. Mm -hmm. And not everything is about getting the traditional degree of accountant, architect, lawyer, doctor anymore. And I, I do still find in South Africa that we are still extremely narrow minded about that. And parents do need to shift their perspective. And I'm not saying children shouldn't get a tertiary education or they shouldn't go to university, but there are so many different kinds of qualifications you can get today, different areas of focus and study that were never there before for you and I. 
And so start broadening your mind. So here's a good example for you. Uh, my nephew was uh, in this particular cohort and he has had many, many academic and learning challenges throughout his school life, has had to have academic concessions, etc. had resigned himself to the fact that he was not going to get a university pass. And guess what? He shot the lights out and he got his bachelor's pass. Mm-hmm. But this is a child who's, who decided a long time ago, based on his interests, based on his own profile, that he would rather do something a little more hands-on, a little more vocational. He's already, I think it's uh, over a week or 10 days ago, started his drone pilots course. Now, drone pilots today are in high demand and you can get work around the world and you can get very, very well paid um, doing doing work with uh, your official drone pilot's license. Mm-hmm. So that just gives you an interesting perspective of how things have changed. Even if you're wanting to be a pilot, well, maybe it doesn't have to be a commercial pilot anymore. You can be a drone pilot. Um, very different kinds of work. If you want to get into medicine, you don't necessarily have to go the direct route of becoming a doctor. Mm -hmm. There are many different routes into medicine today because of things like artificial intelligence, biomechanical devices. Um, You could go the legal route into medicine. So there's just three things we've mentioned. Um, So you may still want to be in the medical arena, but be creative about how you go about it. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily do the full doctor thing. Mm. And I guess uh, depending on whether the child got the results that they wanted or didn't get the results that they wanted, parents will need to offer support there. And I think often we don't really think about how, for instance, if your child does really, really well and maybe they do get a place in the course that they wanted, sometimes they don't. You can achieve fantastic results, but because there's such fierce competition uh, for spaces, universities get often four times more applications than they have space for, um, is that how you then prepare them for that, that, you know, perhaps you may not get into your course or if you do, University is a very different world to high school. And I remember I was a pretty high achieving student. I got four distinctions in matric. I was in the top 300 for Gauteng. And so I thought, you know what? Varsity is going to be fine if I just keep working how I am. And I got to varsity and my first term mark for English, I think, was a 60% which was such a shock because I think I got 90% for English in uh, matric. And I remember having a minor panic attack because I thought I was failing varsity. And I went and saw my tutor and she looked at me and she said, you're you're, you're fine. And actually 60% at a varsity level is actually pretty good. Um, And often the tools that got you through matric aren't the ones that are going to get you through (laughs) varsity, especially if you're high achieving. exactly. Yeah. So you see, what we have to understand is that our children are in an education system, a schooling system that is predicated on one final set of exams. Mm-hmm. It's not a system that I like, but it is the system that we're stuck with. And it's only one way of measuring a learner. It's not the only way. But as you said, the skills that got you to those four distinctions are very different to the skills that will get you through your degree because your degree, hopefully you are using a lot more critical thinking and a lot less rote learning than you did at school. And you made a very valid point 
early on in your discussion there that, uh, you know, you were alluding to the fact that even learners with fantastic results are not guaranteed a place in the course of their choice mm. at university today mm-hmm. due to the limited intakes for specific courses or quotas. And this can be hugely frustrating. And so they too will find themselves looking at alternative pathways to get closer to where they want to be. Plan B is not just for learners who didn't pass or who didn't get a bachelor pass. It can apply to students right at the top of their game who wanting to become veterinary surgeons and doctors and actuaries and they don't get in and they have to do an undergraduate BSc and then do really, really well at that and then try again to get in a year or two down the line to the course of their choice, adding an extra two or three years to their studies. So nothing is guaranteed. And I think as parents, we are pretty kind of like used to the fact that if we if we pay enough money to get our kids into the right school, it's guaranteed they're going to get a decent matric and therefore they will get into university. And sometimes taking a different path can actually be the making of a person. And unconventional journeys as well as interesting combination of studies and experiences are actually what will make your child an attractive hire in the workplace one day. And I talk a lot at corporates and to also to young graduates, to the young graduate programs. And in fact, I, I was in the Investec building just this week and I had finished my meeting, popped into the lift and forgot where I parked my car, which level. There were two young men in the lift and I I asked them where I should be going. They looked at me with wide eyes and they said, we're in the graduate program. We've only been here for two days. We have no idea. (laughs) Just reminded me of the fact that they are in a new beginning. Mm. And please, parents, don't make the error of thinking that micro certifications and short courses are irrelevant. In fact, one day, when your child goes for a job interview, either straight after varsity or, you know, during their career, they're going to be up against other people with the same qualifications. And what will make them different are their micro certifications, their short courses, their experience, and the stories they can tell about their journey so far. So that could be the difference that makes the difference between two candidates vying for the same job. And of course, there is the possibility that your child could take a gap year this year as well. But if they take a gap year, it needs to be constructive. It's not lying on the couch watching TV and gaming for a year. It needs to be filled with micro certifications, short courses, experiences, travel, etc. And even if you can't afford for your child to travel overseas, you can do things internally in South Africa as well. And I mean, even the gap year is quite an interesting thing. I mean, some families, particularly maybe if there's a scholarship, they may be pressure to go straight to varsity. Like I know I was a scholarship kid and my scholarship started the year after matric. So I didn't Mm. really have the option of a gap year. Um, And for some families, it's a resource thing. They can't afford to offer their child a gap year for whatever reason. But even a gap year, if your child says to you at the end of matric, I don't think I'm ready 
for university and the family is perhaps in a position to either consider it or, um, you know, even make it happen. It does sound like it's not a bad thing, um, especially if there is this idea that you've just finished school. You should know what you want to be now. Do you want to go do, you know, veterinary science at UP or whatever it is? <laughs> and maybe your child doesn't know and they go, I'd like to spend a year trying to figure that out as opposed to going into a course and maybe it isn't the course I want and then I have to change courses and that's, you know, 100,000 rand later if they're, you know, in boarding at varsity as well. Yeah, because I don't think most young people passing matric or coming out of matric right now know what they really want to do. They may have an idea because based on their subject strengths, they are looking in a certain direction. But it's only with life experience and exposure to different careers that you actually find what you really want to do. And for most of us, it's by default. You, you learn about life by doing, by being exposed. And let's remember that our kids are limited by their parents' own limited life experiences for the most part and their teachers' limited life experiences for the most part. And so putting yourself out there Um, taking a gap year, I was one of those kids who took a gap year and I became a rotary exchange student, landed up in Australia for a year where I knew no one long before faxes, cell phones and all those things was pretty much out of contact with my own family except via aerograms and letters, which we wrote furiously every single week. And it was in that gap year that I switched my career trajectory from becoming a home economist and dietitian to stepping into the world of communications, marketing, and public relations. And that was because I was exposed to things that I didn't know about before I left my country. And so it can be extremely enriching to go and work on summer camps and go and au pair and go and do things in environments that are not your normal environment. And so being brave enough to step out of the bubble in which you've lived your whole life can actually open doors of opportunity that you had no idea were there. Um, The other conversation that often comes around this time, because there's quite a big focus on universities, of course, um, is that the opportunity for parents and students to also consider vocational or technical skills as well. So maybe you didn't get, um, maybe you wanted to do um, communications, but you didn't get a place at UCT or Rhodes or whatever your first choice was, that there are opportunities, there are alternatives as well um, when we look at vocational or trade skills. And those are also just as valuable. They are in extreme demand around the world. Extreme demand. So electricians, plumbers, artisans, tilers, rhino lighters, you name it, those kinds of skills are in extreme demand. If you can get good people, they get good work and they get paid incredibly well. And remember, although you might start off as a plumber, you might build a plumbing business and you employ other plumbers. So you may only do the dirty work for a couple of years, but make sure you know how to do it so that you know whether your staff are doing the job well. I was in Hong Kong a couple of years ago and I had dinner my last night in Hong Kong um, with a couple and they were talking about the fact that China, um, China Electric and Light were looking for something like 400 um, electricians and they couldn't find them. 
China Power and Light could not find 400 electricians who were going to be paid incredibly well. So this is a global issue. And we really do need more and more of our learners to look at those careers where they will use hands-on skills and expertise. There is money to be made there. Uh, what's up here from Luella, who says, my son failed because his school didn't offer arts. Uh, till today, he can't even get a restaurant job. He has no matric certification, but he's extremely gifted in fine arts. Um, also goes on to say he's a brilliant creative and had secured the possible entry uh, to further uh, to possible entry to further his art studies in an institution. And so what happens in that instance where they weren't able to get, um, you know, the pass um, with no certification, but then they're still keen to pursue, you know, in this instance, a, a creative career? Mm, mm. Well, of course, we've also got the opportunity these days with, you know, everything being online of build your own website, create your own art, and and there are opportunities to showcase that art. That becomes your living CV, is what you've got on your website. You can sell that art. I've got a young girl at the moment um, who is is talking to me about um, using her photography skills to start selling her art on these stock these these websites that sell stock art. There are so many different ways of selling your creative material today that if uh, you know you didn't manage to get into university you can actually start as an entrepreneur producing your own stuff and then um, you could be going to ad agencies etc who look for these kinds of skills but make sure you have a portfolio and I would create that portfolio online as a website. Nikki, if parents are looking for some resources on how to deal with, you know, whether the, the, the results were good or not what was expected, uh, are there any resources that parents can check out? Absolutely. So you can go to nikkibush.com, go to free resources, and under free resources, you can go and uh, find various uh, downloads, including um, what uh, what to do with raising this new generation of young talent. And there's also something called Talent Redefined. And of course, Future Proof Your Child is my book that is available on NikkiBush.com or in bookstores, which sketches out this very new world of work that we have been alluding to today. And I see we received an SMS here about, um, you know, taking a gap year to increase specific, uh, to increase their scores for a specific degree. You do have a uh, resource as well on how to use a gap year constructively and effectively. I do. Just go on to NikkiBush.com and in the search window, just punch in gap year and you'll come up with some resources. Nikki, as always, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Gogs. Take care, everyone. Bye. That's our resident parenting and human potential expert, Nikki Bush, talking to us about how to deal with whatever were the results this week if you had a child in matric um, and how to deal with that. If there is a topic you'd like for us to discuss in one of our parenting conversations, we'd love to hear about it on 0727021702. You can also send me an email, gogs at 702.co.za.